Hey everyone, Scott here. Thanks for joining me for another week of Casey Greats. As you probably know, the show is focused on bringing you inspiring stories of people in Casey just like you. Along the way, we also get to discover some of our greats favorite places in town so you can explore them too. I think this week is extra special because, really, So Yoon's story is an example of everything that's great about someone turning their passion into their work. I think you'll enjoy it, so let's get to it. here with another week of Casey Greats. I happen to be, I think, really lucky to get someone that is doing really cool things here in town for several years, just happens to live in a really great neighborhood that's mine. And uh, I'm here with So Yoon, who happens to be the president and CEO of Ditto Stores. Uh, You've probably seen them around town. I think you have uh, five, four of them, four of them around town, all over Kansas City that are uh, consignment, I think, and resale type shops for for clothing. So, so how are you today? I'm well and excited to be here. Very honored. Well, I just um, I just love number one the concept of the business you're doing. Uh, from what I know about it, I love your story. I think it's something that, that everybody should hear about. That's all. So. Are you a, a Kansas City native, or did you move here at some point in your life, or what? Um, I was born in Korea, and oh, I came wow. here when I was six. And so ever since then, I've been here and have um, a love-hate relationship with Kansas City. Um, <laughs> but overall, it's been fabulous, and I'm, I, I'm um, glad to raise my daughter here. Very cool. So your parents then came here when you were small, and you're a first-generation immigrant to the U.S. and to Kansas City. Yes. That is awesome. American dream right there. Yes. Very cool. So you went to school here, stay here for college too? Yes, I went to Oak Park High School and then um, graduated there and went to the Block Business School at UMKC. Outstanding. So you're just totally homegrown. That's cool. (laughs) Pretty much. I love it. So tell me a little bit about Ditto. How did you come by this as a business? Um, Was it all your idea or did you have other influences or what? When I came to the States uh, with my father and my brother, we came here with pretty much not knowing what we would do and what our future entailed. And so just my father was a very good businessman and he worked hard and started a chain of laundromats. And growing up, it was a family business. And so we grew up just being, I guess, child laborers, but (laughs) we learned from a very small age. It was, it was actually hard work. It was instilled in you, obviously. Yes, it was. And so we learned all of that. But um, being immigrants, and especially being um, Korean immigrants, the, the dream from our family was to um, go to school, get educated, and then work for a big company where you could <laughs> work there for 50 years and retire with a great retirement and um, everything like that. But I went kind of that path after college and worked for um, Sprint like everyone else in Kansas City. And, um, <laughs> Pretty I also, big at that time. Right. And um, I worked for Citibank before that. And so... Um, I went through the whole corporate thing. I didn't feel like I completely fit in just because of, um, I guess, I I don't like to be put in a box. And that's kind of what I felt like. And especially with all the layoffs and um, everything, it just was just a very uneasy feel, especially being a single parent and um, Mm -hmm. having a young child. Um, I just didn't really like that unpredictability. You know, it's funny you say that because about the unpredictability of kind of the corporate world, I was just listening to something yesterday where a gentleman made a point that, you know, what seems like 
is such a solid guaranteed thing like a corporate job, really you've got one person or one entity that can cut you off and change everything. And basically the bigger the guarantee, the less the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Where if you step out and do something with no guarantee, the opportunity is boundless. Yes. So that's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. I've so. always been a big risk risk taker, and I think my father has, or was also, and so kind of got that from him. But yeah, af after just um, kind of the whole layoff, many phases of the layoffs, I just thought, you know, heck, I'm just going to do something that I love and take that big risk. And um, as long as I can keep my daughter fed and clothed and um, and have a reasonable um, kind of lifestyle, then I think it would be fine. And so I took that big jump and it, I've been very blessed and lucky to have it work out for me. How very cool. So you started, uh, I assume, with one location somewhere. Where was that? Um, it was north. Um, so since I grew up up north, I knew exactly where everyone um, congregated, where everyone <laughs> shopped. And um, at the time, my sister, younger sister, was in high school. And so she knew where all the kids liked to hang out. And so I got a lot of input from her as well as my friends. And I just knew the Northland very well. And so it helped to start there. Excellent. And this is something that's a passion for you. Are you are you kind of into fashion, and and that was something that drove it? Yeah, I I was um, or I am, and ever since I was young, I had um, relatives who my aunts especially who loved fashion. They they would get their Vogue magazine in the mail, and I would just be you know I would be engrossed in it, and I was very interested in fashion from a very young age. But at the same time, um, just growing up as again immigrants and just very poor at some point we we learned to bargain shop and we went to okay. the thrift stores we went to garage sales and and even sometimes you know just going to the discount stores and not even having enough money for that and so i kind of know that feeling of wanting nice things but having a very small budget so i learned from a young age how to kind of balance that out cool so that seems kind of what what the drive was to deliver something to folks that may have a similar situation to what you experienced. Exactly. You want something nice, but let's let's find a way to deliver it at less than the buckle or mm -hmm. whoever it is. Yeah. Because you know? essentially you're competing directly with, you know, the big chain stores I now. Mm -hmm. Well, very cool. Very cool. So I'm always curious, you know, you mentioned you went to UMKC and to block school uh, for business, but I always wonder what it is about Kansas City in general that you think may have helped you or or made it possible to make your business a success? Is there something something there, something special about it? Yeah, what I say about Kansas City is the people are just so loyal, and um, especially the Northland. I'm so proud of the Northland because um, people in the Northland will travel everywhere to go to find a, a great place or destination, but um, once they do, they're very loyal. And so I've been lucky enough to have my store in the Northland for 10 years. And we've had customers that have shopped with us from day one and that still come. And we ask, you know, we see their children grow up and, you know, they see my daughter growing up. And it's just so, I, I just really appreciate how supportive they've been and um, how loyal, like I said, they've been. That's really cool. So it sounds like you get to know the regulars and really make that relationship with your customers. Yeah. That's cool. Having, I wouldn't expect that for something retail-based. Yeah, exactly. But having four stores, I, I am balancing around. And so um, I don't get to have as close of the relationship as I did when I first opened my store. And I was pretty much the only one that worked at the store. But um, yeah, I, when I do see my customers even out and about in Kansas City, I'm, I'm so happy and always thankful. So. How neat. So 
it sounds like your role has probably changed a little bit in the business from day one to now. <laughs> it has. In 10 years, it, it's significantly changed. Yeah. Probably working a little bit more on the business and in the business now, aren't you? Correct. So I'm always, I always wonder uh, when I've driven by one, what, what's the process? How does it, how does it work? Do mm-hmm. people just drop things off or what? Yeah, so um, the difference between resale and consignment is that we pay cash for clothes or um, items that you want to sell. So you don't have to wait for a consignment period or you don't wait to get paid for your items. We just buy it up front. Um, The challenge with that is that we have to be very selective in what we buy. And so a lot of times people are either offended or, you know, a little (laughs) bit upset that we don't get to take their things. But um, from our standpoint, we have to buy what's going to sell. And so um, people bring their items in. We look through them uh, depending on what we're looking for, um, particular brands, particular styles, um, just the condition that items are in. We determine, can we buy this and how much can we sell it for? And then we usually give a 25 to 40% um, amount to the customers um, upfront cash. And so um, just recently we've been able to offer store credit because we do have a lot of people who still shop at our stores. So that's been very successful as well. Cool. So, wow. It- that I guess not knowing how that process goes before that's really interesting to me that you know you're not just talking people dumping a load on you and take what you want and throw away what you don't mm-hmm. you know you re- you guys really have to kind of keep up with the trends of, of who your ideal customer is and exactly what they're doing how do you do that is it just lots of internet search or yeah. what is it well, um, it's been in the, in the last 10 years, we've kind of evolved. Initially, it was supposed to be just kind of a young, trendy for teenagers as well as kind of people in their 20s for men and women. But then um, just ha- seeing our shoppers, we get anywhere from kids that are, you know, 10 years old up to 70-year-old women who come in and just love our, you know, our handbags or, or they're very trendy. And so um, we've kind of changed it around a little bit where we kind of cater to a wider demographic and so we look at what what people buy and we look of course that you know just uh, the internet has been hugely on our side with helping us determine what we what we need to buy and what's on trend and but yeah overall it's just kind of our customers tell us what what we need to buy very cool so they'll come in and a lot of times probably ask specifically hey do you have any of this yes and, mm-hmm. and kind of give you a tip on you know what people are looking for mm-hmm. interesting It's a totally new thing to me, so that's pretty cool. I've looked at some before, and unfortunately, I typically don't find things because I'm a little circus freak on the sides. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's not the best... Best market for yeah. me usually. We but. love we love those tall men's things because we do get a lot of people coming in looking for them, but we just don't have it. And then when you get them, they probably sell immediately. Right, like, yeah. Hmm, I'll have to keep checking more often. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really neat. So, you know, it, it is... It's very distinctly different than like a thrift store. Then mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're carrying some very high quality items and things yeah. like that. Um, we'll carry anything from you know Forever Twenty One to all the way to you know high end you know Louis Vuitton and and things like that. But it's just a wide range, and so you never know what you're going to find when you come inside. You just know that it'll be something that's name brand and on trend and at a great price. That's very cool. So. As far as, you know, your story specifically, it, it's it's really amazing to me. I think we don't have a lot of advantages for people who decide to go out on their own. And um, especially 10 years ago, like you said, a single mom starting a business, don't know how it's going to go. What are some of the big struggles that, that you went through and overcame 
to get that going? It seems like it's a pretty hard road. It is. Um, I think I went into business just being really naive and I just always look for the good in people and just really didn't realize that that it's sometimes, you know, you just have to be smart about smart about things and I just know that when I first started that, you know, that we would just have just very high quality items just laying around without, you know, anyone keeping an eye on them and we quickly learned that that's something that you even in, in resale that you have to watch out for. And so yeah. So uh. you, you have to kind of look at those kind of things that you just don't even expect. And so when I first went into business, I quickly learned that and then just employees, um, as most business owners will say, that's the, the biggest challenge. And so just finding some good people who are loyal and who will stay with you um, because it's such a, a learning curve. It's a huge learning curve to learn in the process, to learn all the labels, to just kind of grasp the whole resale concept. And so to find those good employees, um, it's very difficult and challenging, but I've been hugely very lucky and so you've probably built a stable a a group of folks that you can trust after some time with all the stores because you can't be there every day to buy things right right? yes yes I do I do have some wonderful uh, managers who who have gone above and beyond their roles and duties and expectations and I'm always thankful every day because they are just my right hand people very cool so just curious how many people in your in your stores now do you have employed in town it kind of ranges because we do have, we like to keep our um, college students who have been with us since high school and they'll come back and oh, on cool. breaks and still come work for us. And I, I love that just to kind of keep up with their lives and their progress in life. So it ranges anywhere from, I, I would say like um, 30 to 40 employees wow. overall. Yeah. And, um, and then we have a store manager for each store. Yeah. And the store managers are full time, you know. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's a lot of people. That's a big impact on the town. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yeah. And it's all homegrown. I love that. It is. It is. Well, cool. So 10 years with Ditto, that's a pretty big project. That's It's very impressive that you've built this into your own little Ditto empire here in town. It's neat. Do you have anything else that you've been working on or anything that you're kind of changing directions with now? So uh, what I've learned also, one of the things is... Uh, with the entire uh, resale concept and, and buying things and people bringing in things that they're really not attached to, mm-hmm. we see a lot of waste or um, things that are just quickly disposed of. And again, you know, just being, gro- just growing up in Korea and um, early on, just, you know, not having very much. And when I see those things just being tossed out, it just kind of makes my stomach hurt hurt a little bit. Somebody <laughs> so, could use it. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, we've tried to find different charities and, um, and different routes of donating and it just hasn't completely worked out. And so I'm still trying to figure out what we can do to keep all of that in Kansas City, but at the same time see a, a, a change or any kind of difference. And so um, I'm working with uh, my best friend and we're, and we're trying to put something together where um, we can kind of link either a a free clothing donation center mm-hmm. where we can offer a free clothing to um, students or people in need. But at the same time, we don't want it to be just where you come in and get free clothes. We want sure. to have some kind of trade for it. So whether it's um, the kids get a shopping spree, if they get an A on the report card, or if you know if they get a good progress report, we'd like to offer the, that just kind of that boutique experience where they can come and shop and still get brand names and you know and, yeah. and feel good about it. And so that's something that we're working on, but um, we just, I see thousands of pieces of clothing every week just being, just 
given to us and, and you know a lot of it we can't take so but there's still nice things so we're just trying to figure out what can we do wow. um, on our end um, to directly impact Kansas that's cool that mm-hmm. could make a real impact on yeah. a lot of folks and I like the idea of the uh, instilling the idea of hey you work hard for something and, and there is a reward yeah there. it's not just a handout mm-hmm. having that element's a good thing too so yeah very cool I love it well I'm always curious to know folks especially like you that have been around Kansas City for so long I always like to know kind of what their hidden gems are in town. You know, what what is that that restaurant or that park that's special to you? You think would be cool that other people should know about? Yeah, that's that's funny that you just mentioned restaurants and parks because that's exactly what I was thinking about. I'm a big foodie, and I'm not one to just like only the you know high end exquisite mm-hmm. things. I, I you know one of my favorite restaurants is Vietnam Cafe, and oh I, down by KU on Thirty Ninth, Thirty Ninth, and also the River Market. That's the, the oh I didn't original. know there were two now. Yeah, and that's. Um, Kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say a hole in the wall, but it is very much kind of the original, mm-hmm. authentic. And so I love that I, I can just pop in and they know me there and, you know, they know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to order. But um, I, I love Vietnam Cafe and, and you know, I hate to sometimes admit that I'm, you know, one of those pizza lovers, but uh, <laughs> Minsky's Pizza, man, wow. you can't, you can't top that. Any, <laughs> anywhere I go, anywhere I travel, you know, I try pizza and it just never kind of, I think that's the Northland in you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so those are probably two of my favorite restaurants. Awesome. But, um, you know, um, I've in the last couple of years, I've gotten to really love Loose Park. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter and I, we've gone and just kind of spent days there flying kites and um, or trying to fly kites and <laughs> um, climbing trees. And, you know, I just did all that when I was a kid. And ki- I feel like kids don't do that as much anymore. So, that's awesome. you know, we try to do as much of that as well, possible. Well, and you're, uh, if I remember, you're a runner too, right? Yeah. Didn't you just finish something again? <laughs> I finished it. Hey, that's good. <laughs> no, um, I, I uh, did the Chicago Marathon. Oh, wow. Um, it was, and I trained at Loose Park a lot. Um, Very But cool. throughout Kansas City, I just saw so many beautiful areas that sometimes we just kind of oversee and looking at the buildings and just looking at the streets and especially when you wake up early in the morning and get to kind of go to the beautiful neighborhoods. It's just so nice. We and have so, a beautiful town. There's we no question. Do. We do. So cool. Well, those are great tips. I love that. Yeah, that's very good. I, you know, I'll have to get back down to Vietnam Cafe yeah. sometime soon because it's been a year or two. Yeah. They, oh, they give you. The last time I was there, I remember you get so much food. You do. It's a huge bowl. I you couldn't do. even come close to finishing. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, so I really appreciate you coming and, and talking today. I think your story is is just amazing. That you know. Hey, you know what? This isn't working for me. I'm going to go with my passion. I'm going to make it work. And it's just doing great things, not just for your family, but for a lot of different people in town. And it gives folks that option of, you know, being responsible with their money to to still get things that they like that are nice. And that's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been an honor. Wonderful. Well, have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Okay, so the next thing to do is to locate the nearest Ditto location, see what they have for you, right? Even though I typically have a hard time finding things, I'm kind of the exception, and you'll be able to find great stuff there, I know it. If you enjoyed this show, please go back and check out some of the earlier ones. There's a ton of great people doing amazing things right here in our town, and you should really know about them. Also, I'd like to ask a quick favor. If you did enjoy this episode, share it with someone else you think might enjoy it. 
And remember, if you know someone with a story that you think everyone else should know, please email me at scott at casegreats.com or drop me a note on Facebook or Twitter. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining me.